This is Season 2, Episode 6 of Mastering the RPG, a tabletop RPG podcast all about upping your game. Doesn't matter if you're a game master or player, you'll find advice, ideas, and some strong opinions. Our episode tonight is Avoiding GM Burnout, or I Really Need a Nap. Welcome to Mastering the RPG. Like I said, it's a tabletop RPG podcast. We're all about maximizing your game. Cool stuff found, ideas, strong opinions, all sorts of cool stuff. I'm Carl with my co-hosts Eric and James, and you'll find information about us at masteringtherpg.com. Or you can send us an email with feedback or questions or have us adjudicate something, whatever, at gamemaster at masteringtherpg.com. Those are all one word, so Game Master at MasteringTheRPG.com. So, hey, guys, great to have you guys on the mic again. Hello, Eric. Hello, James. How are you guys doing? Going well, Carl. How are you? Uh, um, it's good to be back. I've missed the last couple of episodes while you were savage-wielding it, and I was busy with other things. So great to be back for a chat and a really good chat on this one with avoiding GM burnout. So it'll be great. Yeah, I hope you weren't avoiding us because you were GM burned out. But uh, we're we're happy that you're we're, you're back and we can get do an episode with you. <laughs> so, Eric, what you been up to? Uh, you know, games, running my own games, ooh, playing games. So you've been running. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me your own game. This is you're this running is your news. games, and I, I didn't even realize that you had it started up. Well, working on my set, my custom Savage Worlds setting. So that's been uh, an ongoing project now. Yeah, a lot of work going oh, in there. Nice. That, we'll definitely have to take some time and talk about that at some point. Either either here on this show or uh, Tabletop Tango, the sister show. Yeah, yeah. tabletoptango.com. Right? Yeah, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Savage Worlds uh, YouTube channel that we we participate in there. So um, so anyway, hey. Uh, we actually have an email this week um, that's going to lead us into kind of a, uh, a great idea. And so I'm going to read it. Email. Uh, this is from the Free Pie. And uh, it says, uh, I really like the episode on dramatic tasks as you were able to blend Savage Worlds mechanics into the episode topic with suggestions that they could be expanded into other systems. I think the interlude system would also be a good jumping off point for an episode. Though you could broaden it to, or broaden it to be about campfire scenes in general. Anyway, I'm new to Savage Worlds, GM, who really enjoys your content, so keep up the good work. And we appreciate that you're enjoying the show. But I think uh, instead of just answering this, I think this is a great idea for an entire episode. We're talking interludes, red line travel from Call of Cthulhu, chapter breaks. We might even have a little bit of you know general downtime discussion. I think it's a great idea. What do you guys think? I love it. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and to be honest, there's probably some RPGs that could do with this mechanic. Um, the interlude system in Savage Worlds that provides a way in which to, uh, it's not necessarily downtime, but, but that can spice up a break, a travel period, a, uh, you know, kind of a, a time lapse of some description. So I think, great, I've got lots to say about this. Let's do an episode on it. I think we yeah, will. Yeah, I think it's an excellent idea. I think interludes, um, especially how Savage Worlds utilizes them, 
is such a good way to mix up a game and they don't take that much time and they don't they don't need really a preparation from the GM, which is a really big thing. So it's a really good way to encourage role playing and even in Savage World's case, monetize it in a way, reward it. Um, and also just just just, you know, change the flavor of everything. It's, it's just to just to break things up. Because whether you're just doing a role play session or a combat session, like those things can get stale. So yeah, a really good suggestion. And I love pie. So if they they, <laughs> if they have free pie, I'll there's take a free pie in it. We're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for the email. Appreciate the uh, the positive words. And we are putting that in the hopper. And since I control the hopper, I can guarantee it's getting in the hopper. And then we'll uh, we'll see when that is a good. Uh, we get put together the production and get the ideas. We'll bounce stuff off and then we'll get that as an episode so hey thanks guys for uh um for being excited about doing that so now we get to the main topic so now the main topic gm burnout what is it avoiding it and it has nothing to do with race cars, uh, but GM burnout. So the first thing is, what is GM burnout? What 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 does that mean even? So I'm going to pick on James right away. So what what is GM <laughs> burnout? You're a GM. I am a GM. I am, I'm a GM that does a lot of games. So I'm, I'm currently running six games a week. So GM burnout is a real thing. It's a real thing where you just don't have the energy and you don't have the inspiration and you don't have the creativity and you just don't, you just can't be asked. Is that a thing in America? You just can't be asked uh, putting together your game, putting together the creative energy, getting people around the table. There's some blockage there that means that you just, you just can't keep going. And, and, uh, and it's a hard thing. It's a very hard thing because as we know, GMs, we're a very creative people. We're always trying to fire up these great new ideas that challenge and, uh, and excite our players. And so um, it, it, invariably it comes to a point where uh, the well is dry a little bit and, uh, and the burnout is real. And unfortunately, it's a quite a serious thing. And to be fair, causes the decline of many campaigns. So it's something to keep an eye out and something to get a good understanding of. Yeah, I, I think you just get to a point where the game feels like a job feels like a chore yep. it's not fun anymore and the whole point of the game is to be fun so eric you got any additional thoughts on on that uh yeah i mean i mean james pretty much covered it but definitely the lack of motivation i think is the biggest problem and and even more than ending campaigns it can end groups just because oh yeah sure good uh because i think the main thing there's i first thing you want to say is that it happens to everybody and yes. it's completely fine i think a big problem with it and we might get into it later, but a big problem with it is that people, uh, you know, are hard on themselves about it or think there's something wrong with them or think, you know, whatever thing they think about themselves, which is just not true. Like it's you, you, like you, I <laughs> hate to get therapy talk here, but like you gotta <laughs> be kind to yourself about this because Absolutely. it really does happen to everybody and it's, it's completely understandable and it's fine. And I think a lot of times GMs don't talk about it or are ignoring it or in denial about it. And that makes that really is what puts the nail in the coffin as far as campaigns, and even game groups. So I think the, the really big thing up front is just to be accepting of yourself and about it. And, you know, realize that it happens to everybody, even the 
the GMs that you think are like, you know, I, I'm sure even Matt Mercer or whatever, like like the GMs that you think are so good, like I'm sure it happens to everybody. So that is really the important thing to keep in mind. Yeah, so so very good points. And, um, you know, I, I myself, uh, Eric, you're in my campaign. I'm feeling a little little burn right now so i'm i'm trying to keep myself up because i i i have these symptoms and we can talk a little about symptoms i'm like you start feeling like you're not investing the time to get ready like you'd like to and you know again self you don't hit beat yourself up but you're going hey i'm just not investing the time that i want to invest and i i just don't feel up to it um and then finding excuses to cancel games it's it's there's been a couple of times in our campaign where it's like when those there's a couple of folks who are gone every now and then and it's like oh good that gives me another week to like get yeah. my energy where it needs to um to be in and then the final thing is uh, when your brain just turns to mush and you're really having yeah. those hard time coming up with ideas and um i i get into that it's like i i just don't know and and part of the game master's job right is we're we're bobbing and weaving with the players as the players are coming up with things we're thinking on our feet we're you know changing things up based on where the story is going and you're at that wall and it's just like i just can't come up with anything they just got me stymied and and my brain just doesn't work anymore because i'm just not into it any um anymore is there any other symptoms that we should think about or and there is, and, and look, um, Eric. Eric comes up with a good point, and and it's it's well worth mentioning uh, overall mental health in terms of mental health for dungeon masters, mental health for players. Um, some of the symptoms can be, you know, and, and burnout can be a symptom of other things, and it and it, um, when you're burned out, you can also have symptoms that. You know, mirror depression and things like that, where you just you're just lacking motivation generally, just to try and get things going and 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 generally get it, get the spark and the excitement going for your play. Um, so, you know, um, the couple of times that I've been heavily burned out in in, in GMing has been, you know, there've been tricky times because you you find yourself isolating a little bit from the groups as well. So um, often you might have a chat stream going on a discord or a, or an email trail or a facebook group and and you find yourself not even unable to uh, unable to even interact on that on that spectrum as well so um there are there are plenty of symptoms when the when the when the gm burnout bug hits that's for sure yeah i think i think like you said i mean lack of motivation is a big one like if, if yeah like you said if anybody's ever if you ever miss a session you feel relief um uh, also just like just not knowing where to, to go like just having no idea and I think we'll, that we'll talk about it in the causes, but just really having, you know, not necessarily like writer's lack of motivation, but just not knowing uh, where to even take the party. Things went so off the rails that, um, yeah, that you just you just sort of keep, okay, I'm just going to keep doing combats until something comes to me, or I'm just going to keep doing, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, like over and over again, right? Not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, not in the temporary. We're, we're laughing uh, because we, uh, we off, off bike, uh, we were talking about uh, <laughs> yeah. needed, needing a little break. So, yeah, let's just throw some combat at folks, and it's d and <laughs> it'll take four hours. So <laughs> but we're, that is we're a good trick, though. Well, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I mean talking about, I, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think that honestly here, I think the, the cause is the most important thing, really, even more than the solutions. I think really, really looking internally and, and finding out what is the cause of it yeah. is the most important thing Yes, because there's different solutions to different causes. And, you know, there might be like uh, solutions outside of the game for those causes. So I, I really think that is really being introspective and being honest with yourself is probably the most important thing of this. 
So, so great point. I think you're leading right into the next question is then, so we, we kind of understand what burnout is, kind of the symptoms, how we're thinking about it. So what is the causes? What, what do you think, um, and Eric, you, you started down the path, so I'll, I'll go right to you. Mm. What do you think some of the causes, um, because it, as you said, you know, solutions are not one size fits all. So what are, yeah. so, so what are the, some of the things that you see are kind of causes? What, what helps cause this, this, these feelings of lack of excitement, motivation, and everything like that? Well, like, I think we've touched on this, like, uh, and, and there's two different parts here, but one of them is kind of, you've painted yourself on the corner in a way, narratively. Like, um, I see this a lot with games that maybe try to do too much, too big, too much big stuff at, at, at once. And then they kind of get themselves in a corner and don't really know where to go from there. It's like, where do you go once there's these big threats and you've kind of messed up yourself, you know, however it happens, but like painting yourself in a corner where you just, okay, I've gone too off the rails and now I don't know where to kind of bring the thread back. And then it just becomes harder and harder to figure that out. Um, on the other side is like, like you've talked about, like you've just, you've just ran out of ideas and whatever you, maybe you haven't done enough prep or the players have taken it. So of course that you just have, again, you just like from what you started the game as uh, you've gone so off course, you don't know what to do next. Um, I think those are two big ones. And yeah, and, and I'll, so James, what are, what are some of your thoughts? I, I my thoughts are more in the, like the personal space in the sense of yeah. like um, taking, for example, you've taken on too much responsibility, you know, everything that that's one of the dangers with game mastering and, and DMS is, uh, you know, the traditional thought is the game master runs everything they're they're the 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 boss of the world and they take care of everything and everything's on their shoulders and so sometimes it's just too much responsibility i mean you're you're now responsible for scheduling you're now responsible for making sure everybody's having a good time it's your job and when it's your job suddenly it starts feeling like a job and and some of those symptoms start coming up so um that can be a cause uh what, uh, what other ones you, what other ones do you think of there, I, james I think I think broadly in my mind there's there's three kind of big pillars of this. The first one is exactly as Eric was saying. It's, it's story related. So uh, are the creative juices going? Uh, have you been able to find a way into the story, or has the story just naturally petered out? But you're still you're still playing. The second one is that is that game uh, physical game. So the people that you're playing with and setting up the game and uh, you know painting of the miniatures and 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 get doing all of that physical preparation that takes time. That takes time and takes effort, and you have to motivate yourself to to do that. And the third one for me is the system itself, and and whether you're excited by what you're playing, whether you, whether you know whether there's some boredom going in with with where you're playing. So I totally agree with both of you. It's that. It's the story. It's how we're we're pitching the story. The physical aspects of preparing too much, but also a big one in this one for me is the group composition. I find that um, the couple of big times that I've been burned out, um, it was a it was a bit of an indicator that the group itself wasn't going very well. Um, oh. That the group wasn't meshing well. That the group wasn't. Um, uh, uh, that effectively, I just wasn't enjoying turning up to that table. Also, also um, didn't help things as well. Sorry, I scattered myself there from very clear three pillars to all over the shop. But well, what I'm there's curious, plenty of causes, I think. Well, it's kind of interesting when you talk about the, the the dynamics of the group. I mean, those can be just there's too much tension within the group that it's hard to be enjoyable. It could be that you know you're feeling unappreciated. 
You know, like you're talking mm. about those pillars, right? You're spending mm. a ton of time doing prep. Um, sounds like you're painting the miniatures. You know, I don't do miniatures, so I don't have to paint miniatures. You're drawing the map. You're doing everything. And that effort seems wasted and you're feeling unappreciated. So you're kind of like, hey, I, I'm, I'm just feeling not there um, because of that. So that's that's part of it. That group dynamic is definitely part of it um, for sure. Eric, you were going to no, add I, something I, there? I do. No, I, I totally agree, James. The three pillars is a really good way to look at it. And I think to really codify that down, we have like the, the narrative and system part. Um, as we talked about, we have the kind of real life issues, like if you have problems with scheduling or you have too much going on in your life, and and then you have the the kind of the group composition, the player stuff. Mm. So I think that is a good way to, to talk about those three systems. And and in 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 far as the player or the group kind of dynamics, that can be like you said that you're not feeling appreciated. It could be there's a disruptive player that's causing trouble. It could be there's disruptive players that are causing trouble. It could be that the players themselves are you know playing a type of game that you like besides the you know genre and besides the system the mechanics that you use you know even within fantasy games there's different types of like narratives right yes there's like you could be like a dark gritty fantasy that you're going for or a more lighthearted one or more comedic one and if you have an idea for a game that you've made and the players are playing it in a different way that's going to cause a lot of tension for yourself too Murder so um, murder there's, there's definitely within those three pillars <laughs> yes. there's a lot of things going on but i do think that's a good way is to look at it because because they are pretty distinct yeah and, I, and i've heard a lot of folks who are in the horror they're trying to do horror genre and this this is james right up your right in your wheelhouse mm. and they get they they're having a hard time keeping the energy up because they're looking for something like you said dark gritty there's tension we're building this angst and everybody at the table's cracking jokes. So it starts yeah, falling into it. that. I'm unappreciated. I'm this yeah. effort's wasted. I'm not really, you know, getting anything out of it for myself. Right. You know, the self-care, it's like it's a game. I'm a player too. I deserve something out of the game. I'm not there just to provide entertainment for everyone else, which is another we think a game master sometimes their job is provide entertainment for everybody. Well, they're there to be entertained as well. So we're all playing a game. It's not and that's the terminology players and game masters always been a problem, right? Because everybody's a player, even if you are the game master, you're a player of the game. So it's a, it's a great point. And, and really, if we're thinking, what, what is GM burnout? It's GM not having much fun, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like if you if you're dreading doing it, it's it's the how do you avoid the GM not having fun, which is kind of uh, which is where we're at, and we know the causes. So how do we avoid this? How do we avoid GM burnout. I, I wouldn't mind knowing. I'm running a lot of games and I'm feeling a little <laughs> fragile. I'd love some. I'd love some tips and pointers. Well, so well, I think you said it right there. I mean, you're running a lot of games, and that's part of <laughs> your job. But I mean, when we're talking about, there's some stuff when we're talking about avoiding. We're not talking about how can you fix it, right? We're talking about what can you do ahead of time to yes. make sure it doesn't happen. So one of the things is don't overextend yourself. Be honest about your. Be honest about what you can do and what you have time for with your you know life and other responsibilities um it is really important to really be honest with yourself about that i mean it's just like okay i, I was um you know i had my own company uh training dogs and working with dogs and walking dogs and sitting dogs and when people would think about getting dogs i said the most important thing is to you know uh what kind of like don't just buy a dog how it looks 
really like understand like what is its things that it need? What's its energy level? Like, will it fit in your life? And that's the most important thing when you're looking to like get an animal, right? Is to like, do you have the time and space to properly take care of it and how, how it is? The same thing with the game and running games. Like, and there's also different types of games, right? Some games are, don't take that much prep. Some games and the type of game that you might want to play take a lot of prep. So you really have to be honest with yourself, honest with yourself that you have the time to do those things. I think that's a it's a really good really good point. I I try I really only can run one campaign at a time. Even though I get a lot of folks saying, "Hey, can we run some? Can you run some one shots for new players? And can you do this? And can you do that?" And it's like you know I I just with work you know, and I've got lots of times calls in the evening with my friends overseas. It's like I, I can run one campaign and that's it, um, or I cannot provide the energy level to it and. Um, I won't have time to do the prep, um, even though I'm, I'm one of the things you can do is to avoid over prep. Just don't, you know, you don't have to do everything. Um, uh, just, yep, that's another good one. Minimize your don't over prep. <laughs> yeah. Don't over prep. Just do just the bare minimum you need to do. And believe it or not, people think they need more prep than they do in general. I mean, there's lots of, um, again, the players are going to go where the players go. And so if you, um, have spent way too much time drawing maps, painting miniatures, and praying that they'll go. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. So just be careful that investment that you're making, you're willing to make it um, if it doesn't come to fruition. So I guess I kind of went off track a little bit there, but um, you know, just that's just one of the things to avoid over prepping, and that goes right to what you're saying, Eric. Know how much time you really have to invest in in what you're doing. So. Um, any, James, you want to throw anything in while we're in the middle of this? Uh, I guess for me, and this is how I've been able to juggle many games all at once and keep groups together for multiple years, um, a couple of pieces of advice I would give is have an end to your campaign in mind. So I find I burn, I burn out terribly when effectively the story is kind of finished but we're going to keep playing because we want to keep going for extra levels or we're having we're enjoying ourselves with these characters so it's that second writing of a new module or new campaign that always gets me that's always a trap so for me having an ending in mind and just playing to that ending means that you can see the end of the road you can kind of work your way up to it um, and you, you can keep those ideas fresh and the other thing I do definitely is I limit my uh, my session time, so I only ever play three hours. Um, so, for me, a three hour session is um, is nice and easy. You can kind of prep for that time. Uh, I in in my misspent youth, I used to play eight, nine. You know, used to do these full day marathon games on weekends with my friends, um, and even later, four and five hour sessions were were not uncommon. But I find short, sharp sessions with a story that you know the ending to is great ways to avoid burnout for me. And then once we finish a story, we start a brand new campaign so everything is nice and fresh. Yeah, and so, I... Um, and I didn't think about so that. So for me... I didn't think yeah, about that. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I'm sorry I interrupted you, um, but that whole campaign idea, I, I didn't think about that, but that's something I do as well. You know, I the, the stories yeah, you have do that. a... Really? And, you, and then we yeah. go, let's try something new. We, we you know, we've... We've done the fantasy, now let's do the sci-fi. We did the sci-fi, now let's try cyberpunk and keeping it fresh that way by having endings. So I'm sorry, James, I jumped on. I was too excited about your point there, so I, <laughs> I stepped on you. So. 
Yeah, the, the couple of times I've found myself in in bad GM burnout have been in long published campaigns. Uh, notoriously, Call of Cthulhu do these epic, world-travelling, multi-chapter, massive, massive games that dwarf anything I've seen in Dungeons & Dragons or any other system. Uh, Masks of Nyarlathotep is a great example where there's 1,400 pages of content and uh, and I'm in the middle of year three going through that campaign and trying to figure out, my God, when does this thing ever end? So keeping things short, keeping a campaign to a year, keeping a session to three hours, I find is the best thing to keep to keep me motivated and keep me going. Now, now, when I prep, I prep a thing, and then I let the time, you know, we, we do three to four hour sessions, but I'm okay stopping a session after two hours if we did the thing that we were going mm-hmm. to do and got it done. And, you know, that half the time that works out for the players because uh, some, of, some of the players are like, boy, I had a long day. I want to go to bed anyway. So it's good that we got this thing done and then we'll pick it up next time. Um, so, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I think that's fair too. You've come, you've stumbled upon another thing. Life gets in the way a lot of times too. And and if you're finding yourself kind of burned out and flat and you know stretch for time, often a little one hour or two hour little mini session will do you just as well as a large one. It keeps the commitment up. People still get to see each other, and it's often good to kind of get around the table. You don't have to have that full session as well if you're if you're feeling a little bit stretched and popping in a little shorter session every now and then can certainly keep you fresh. That's for sure. And, and then of course there's uh, we know about the we always talk about the adult conversation, right? So you, you got to be yeah. honest with your players uh, when we talk about the unappreciated and you feel like you're wasting effort. I mean those sorts of things. Be honest with your players about how you feel. Um, you know if you are getting burned out, it. it you know, the, there's there's reasons behind it, and there's probably people are seeing it, right? I, I don't know, Eric. You talk from a little bit of a player's perspective, right? Um, you're probably oh, seeing yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. Like, but are we are we moving on from? No, no, no. I just just, just a, okay. it was just a thought. So, yeah, no, no. You can definitely. I mean, players can often see it. GMs can. Uh, yeah, and my, but I mean. Jumping off of that, there was other ones because I think we've covered a lot of the, you know, we, we covered kind of the outside, right? The the outside, the real life kind of pillar, what, what have you. So more to do with the um, narrative and um, mechanics. I think here, you got the one thing I think it almost is like the the catch line of our whole podcast is <laughs> session zero. Like we yeah, 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 bring yeah. up session zero so much. And here again, session zero is very important. And even beyond session zero is the kind of quote unquote advertisement for your game. If you are going on online, which most people are now, um, you know, the, the short advertisements that don't tell people a lot, the descriptions don't tell people a lot, that also is going to lead to uh, GM burnout because you want it, like we talked about, you want to make sure players want, know what they're getting into. You want to have enough information there, not just about like, you know, the, what system it is and, you know, you want to talk about what kind of game it is and maybe what you expect of the game and what you expect the characters to be in the game. So it is really important to have your advertisement be really honest, you know, not too long, but long enough that it is truly reflective of the kind of game you want to play. So as to get the kind of players who will play that type of game, how you want to play it to avoid what we talked about with, you know, players playing a different type of game that you set up. And then session zero is the same thing, really laying it out there for everybody to kind of get everybody on the same page. So there isn't those issues later on once you start playing that lead to GM burnout. Right. And so I think those two things are, are really important. Um, and then also, 
as far as the uh, uh, more of the like a mechanic side again, is don't you do much with mechanics unless you really can think you can handle it. Like I've been in games where the person might, you know, be like, okay, you have this epic thing. You start with this, this like, you know, uh, relic, um, this special weapon item that's a relic weapon. And you start with this other special ability. And then they also, they, they give so much to the players that they're just overpowered. And then the GM gets burned out because the, you know, the combats are becoming too difficult to do, or, um, you know, one of the players is a min-maxer and use all the stuff they'd be given to min-max something. So again, that's another way of to kind of maybe like limit yourself a little bit to what you can handle as far as giving out mechanics as to not cause these issues for you later. Because a lot of things when you start, the, those are the time, you know, you get ahead of yourself and you're going to kind of nip it in the bud. A lot of the things we've talked about as, uh, as far as causes. Absolutely. And this goes well for homebrew as well. I find that yeah. the more that you create, the more homebrew rules that you add on, the more the more kind of elements that you that you introduce into the game. It, it is a big thing for a lot of GMs to, to create their own worlds. But sometimes I feel it's you add, you're pouring your own quicksand in some ways in that the more layers that you add, the more elements, the more rules that you rewrite, the more house rules that you bring in, uh, the, the, the more you're kind of stuck by, by those decisions and those constraints later on. I, I've been running a a D&D 1 playtest game for a while now, and I've got to say just adding that extra complexity has increased my burnout on that game quite a lot just because it's an extra thing you've got to think about and an extra layer that you've got to you've got to kind of uh, work your way through. So uh, I couldn't agree more. Be gentle with yourself on mechanics because um, it can be an absolute killer. Well, and, and uh, the, the, that goes all the way back to energy, right? You're expending more, more energy than you may have, um, and you've got to recognize that you only have so much your well is only so deep. So the more you pile on yourself, um, because you're you want to do mechanics or you want to do um, not. I'm a rules is written kind of person for the most part because I, I don't think I'm smart enough to do balance as well as the people who run play tests and stuff for their for their systems. But um, yep. we have we have changed it when we needed to for sure. Eric and I have done a lot of a lot of work for some of the campaigns, but mostly the mostly it. it augments the rules so uh but like you said don't take on more than you can chew just because you think that's something people do like people always home home rule it no they don't you don't have to you can <laughs> you can you can run it the way it is and then that yeah. also gives you a chance to not do all the work yourself you can have the players can support you because the players now know the rules as well you're not running it they can do some of the work and just in general they can do some of the work like they can schedule games. You don't have to do the scheduling. <gasps> what? What is this weird world that you live in, Carl? Only the GM schedules games, surely. I mean, they can, that, that's a they good can point too. Is, is handing out roles? Yeah, yeah, handing out roles to players is a good one. Like, okay, you you're taking notes. You handle the party treasury. Uh, you ha help with scheduling. Definitely, like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, uh, delegating. The delegating. Thing. Delegating, delegating yeah. to yeah. the players. Um, and there's one more thing, just one more thing as far as the, like I said, the the session zero and the proper um, advertisements for your game is, you know, you should always, if this is for games where you don't know people and you're getting them off the internet, uh, is do player interviews and, mm. you know, make the players write something. Don't make them go crazy as far as like two pages of questions. <laughs> but some amount of questions is good just because it will really weed out people who are just like, 
I want to play. So, you know, I want to play this. Like just people who don't really care and who don't want to be invested because that will also, again, encourage a GM burnout. If you have players who don't really care about what your game's about, they just want to play, ooh, I just want to play the one class. I don't care what it, what kind of game it's in. I just want to play this one thing that I saw, you know, then that's going to make it hard on you because, again, you're trying to play this certain type of game and they're not willing to meet you there. So, and then to so do an interview and, you know, talk to people. Like don't just have them write in like, you know, have a short conversation with them before you join, have them join too. So you got, you get a vibe of what they're about and vibes with you because all these things like we've talked about is going to cause problems for you later on if they're not fitting uh, you or your game. And I guess the last one for me for avoiding burnout, and this is, this is a bit tricky because you need to kind of acknowledge that this is a thing before you get to the burnout point, which is often difficult. By and large, most of my burnout occurs because of groups that aren't interacting well. So either they're uh, they're coming at the game in a different manner than I was expecting them to. They're not buying into the setting as well as I would have liked them to. They're not interacting with each other as well as I would like them to. Because often I'm playing games with strangers, and 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 this is the modern way now that you're kind of bringing disparate groups together to have a game. Trying to identify issues with group dynamic early and try to get to keep things on track is is tricky. It's a tricky thing, and we can probably spend a whole episode on it. But for me, uh, avoiding the burnout of the group is the, is the tricky one for me. Um, um, how you can avoid it, I think, is a whole episode. But just kind of acknowledging when things are starting to go off the rails a little bit, whether that's intergroup arguments that, that seem to be getting more and more serious and not related to the game, whether that might be a prevalence of that min and max kind of idea when you really don't want that to happen, or multiple sessions of joking during a horror campaign. You need to nip that in the bud as quick as you can, otherwise you're just going to feel awful as the as the games go on. And that's the hardest one, I think, the hardest yeah. one to avoid. Um, not so hard to fix later, but it's certainly the hardest one to see coming and avoid as it, as it arrives. And then that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about advertisement and session yeah. zero. And it's not going to be a surefire way, but that will be a good way to get the kind of players you want that will fit it. And that's may, maybe help with that somewhat. But yeah, it's Absolutely. hard to it's, it's fully called, avoid it's, that. It's, for it's sure. purely the old, the old sawhorse setting expectations, right? I mean, you need yeah. to set your expectations set the players who are coming expectations and this is what you say with the advertisement but that's absolutely true for your own your own group when your group is trying to come up with the next thing they want to play you've got a pitch right as a game master you're going to pitch something or some ideas that you think you want to bring to the table and um you know i i try to make sure people know the kinds of things i'm expecting like uh when i think the first advertisement i did for my uh um, one of the for my um, cyberpunk game in Chicago, it was you guys know each other, you like each other, you want to work together, right? <laughs> I mean, and and, and yeah. that sets the sets the tone. You know, we don't have the dark loner who doesn't want to work with everybody. You guys, you know, you you do jobs together. Now we'll do the game to show how you met each other and how you decided to do jobs. We can do that as part of the game, which we did. But in the end, this is what the expectation is, and so setting that. That made my life so much easier because you don't have the problem players pushing the envelope that's sapping your energy. Because remember, you only have so much energy to, to give. Um, and if people are sapping some of that, they're being vampiric of your energy, then, um, you know, that's a problem for sure. That's it. 
And it can be completely brutal with that stuff. I, I, I'm just thinking of a kids group that I ran, um, that I'm running at the moment where my pitch was, you are heroes that run towards danger, full stop, because <laughs> I just got <laughs> so sick of them going, why should we help them? So, you know, you can, you can absolutely be really prescriptive with your elevator pitch to make sure that you get it right and get the group working in the direction you need to. If, if you don't want to help them, more. if you don't want to help them, we should be playing, uh, you know, desks and school and desks and not superheroes yeah, right. or whatever right so <laughs> yeah yeah all right so i think we we talked a lot about um how to avoid it um and maybe a little bit of you know uh, other stuff in there but so how do we we've gone off the cliff we weren't able to avoid it we're <laughs> just we're done you know we're done with it we're over it how can we get back that spark that, you know, I think most people who are game masters, DMs, whatever, there was a spark in you that said, I want to run this thing. I don't want to, I, I, I love playing it, but oh, I want to run it. And there's a spark. Um, how do we get that spark back? Um, how do, how do we do that? And I'm going to, I don't know who wants to jump in. Who's, who's, who's got that spark that wants to talk about the spark right away? <laughs> Gosh, it's a tricky, I'll start, I'll start. It's a, it's a tricky thing. Um, the first thing you need to address the cause. So what was it that, that was causing the issue? And, and we can talk a lot about that for, um, and perhaps we deal with this in the different pillars. So why don't we start with the story, the storyline fault where you've run out of ideas, you've run out of um, the, the meat of your story. You're not quite sure where to go to next. Every time that you come up, try and come up with a creative solution, it, it starts to fizzle and you're not quite sure where to go to next. And so that's causing a, a writer's block fizzle out. Um, for me, how do we get back the spark when that happens? Um, one of the things that I try and do, um, if this is happening to me, is wind up the story or wind up the chapter that you're on as quick as you possibly can. And then start looking at what is the next clean break, clean chapter, clean start. Um, because if you're just trying to add extra stuff onto where you're already walking and you're already feeling burned out by all of that, it's very difficult to give yourself free creative air to be able to start imagining something new if you're stuck in the, the rigmarole of the old. So what I try and do is wind up whatever this story thread is, whatever the part that you're in at the moment, try and wind it up within a session or two. And that way you can put all your energy into thinking about how do I resolve this now as opposed to how do I keep this going on forever? And then that gives you something nice and easy to creatively put your energies to. Once you've started to resolve that, then you can start to say, now what's the next exciting adventure we want to start with? And then start from scratch, start from first principles, what, what, start from how do, we, how do I get dragged in? What's the, what's the hook? And, and I, in, my, in my feeling, that is just going through those steps is often enough to get creativity going. But that's for one of the three causes, I guess, for one of the three root causes. Yeah, and, and thinking about that, um, you think broader too. I mean, maybe you just are, are, maybe this genre just is something you need to step away from. So you're, you're closing up the story. You just may not want to be doing that same thing again and again and again. So think broadly, you know, take a real big step back and say, maybe you want to play something different altogether. You've got an idea in a whole different space and you've been noodling on it um, and you just didn't feel like you could do it because you are, um, you guys are playing, you know, space pirates and you don't want to be space pirates anymore. You really wanted to, you know, be that detective um, in, a, in a film noir kind of game, but you never thought you could. 
well, you're burned out. Now's the time to now's the time to do it to to do something different. Yeah, so I I do think that's a really really cautious point, and uh, is that you know write your exit like doesn't have to be the the end of the campaign that you thought it was the most epic ending possible, but having it come to some sort of satisfactory conclusion, maybe on a smaller scale, but still some type of resolution is really important. Then that, as James said, that gives you an opportunity then to you know, to take a break and then either decide, do I want to continue with these characters? Um, you know, a, a good, another thing you could do is be like, well, these characters journey has kind of ended. Let's start a new game. Like maybe, you know, have a couple weeks off, but let's start a new game with different characters in the same world. Like you don't have to abandon your campaign world necessarily. And that might, that often is a reason why people don't want to end something because they don't want to abandon the world that they've set up. But so you can stop those characters journey and then have a new journey begin with new characters, maybe at the same time, you know, relatively speaking in game time or years down the road. So your characters are kind of more, um, you know, retired adventurers, uh, maybe they're mentors. So you, you don't have to give up on something completely. You can just say, okay, we're starting, a, this is a new threat. There's kind of a new take to this or there's a new feeling to this narrative. And then as Carl said, the, the final version off of that is just being like, we, we've come to a conclusion here. We might we could return to this world, but for now we're going to go then a whole new game. So I think there's there's three things there that you kind of do after you've kind of wrote your exit, as James stated. Um, and then I think, Carl, for the next thing, still narratively, um, is to just to have a pause is to and like we talked about is to be honest with players right that's the most important thing it's really really important to be honest and be like hey i am having some trouble um do you guys mind if we take a break and either the break can be and you can leave it to the players to say something but it can just be a straight break where you guys don't play for three weeks or a month or a month and a half whatever it is um one of the players decides to oh I'm, i'll run a one shot i'll run a, a mini campaign with some other system um or even bring it to the players to be like, hey, you can, you know, again, in the same world, they can be like in another continent, be like, hey, why don't you run a mini campaign? And I'll even be a player. Like, let the GM be a player. To, and then that'll that's a good way to get inspiration. So the, the kind of pause break part, I think, is really important to either give yourself time to recoup yourself or to even get new ideas. Like, you know, the, the player how they ran their game might give you inspiration to kind of how continue stuff with yours. So I think, yeah, a break is another good one, right? Carl, I think you, you had the same idea with this. Yeah, I, I think very much. And, and, and yeah. dispersing a one shot into that mix helps, you know, yeah. even, even, even if that's just you changing it up and doing something a little bit different for sure. Yeah. That's that true. can, can help put a pause on, on that burnout. Absolutely. Sorry, Carl. Okay. No, no, I, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, that's the, that's kind of where I was, I think that's important is, you know, someone else is in the group. That's always tough for the um, forever GM groups, right? But if there's someone in the group who wants to, you know, try something else out, being a player, you know, is infinitely easier, I think. Uh, no hate mail. Please, no hate mail. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's a lot easier as far as energy. Um, you know, remember, you've got this, this energy lack. It's now you got one thing to focus on. You can really, you know, be creative with that. Yeah, have someone else run um, a couple of games. Or I like one shots because there's nothing to it as far as you can have pre gens, and then you can just enjoy. You don't have to even think about it. You're just you're just playing, and you're you've got that break because you didn't spend any time prepping during the week. You didn't have to spend time thinking of the game. You just came and played and had a good time. Eric, you're a big board game fan. I mean. 
You guys could do yeah, board I was, games. I was going to say that too. Yeah. yeah, you could just do like a tabletop simulator. Like, hey, for the next three weeks, we'll we'll still meet up at our normal time, but we'll play like some tabletop simulator game or whatever it is, like some type of group game, um, just to mix it up. Yeah. So what's another? So what was uh, another one of the pillars? So another of the pillars is the is your preparation and that time that you're spending and the real life stuff. Really, it's yeah. it's kind of how much that gets in the way. And for me. A good solution for this, if you if you stretch for time and then and then probably beating yourself up with guilt that you're not preparing as well as you could have, or the pile of miniatures is not getting any smaller, it's really take it easy on yourself. You know, at the end of the day, a good a, a game is a game. You know, and you don't have to kill yourself, and you certainly don't have to be the uh, the, the be all and end all every single week. So I steal stuff. It really, is how I solve this. Um, I very 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 often just grab a module throw a few bits together, kind of intersperse it. Let's just do two weeks of this other random thing because I know I'm stretched for time. So I'll, I'll run two quick one-shots or I'll quickly get a dungeon off uh, a map off off, uh, off Reddit or somewhere and then and populate it with a few encounters and off we go. Um, there's nothing wrong with simplifying your game and there's nothing wrong with taking a break from the complexity of interwoven plot lines and beautifully painted minis just to throw some stuff on the table and get it going. Um, particularly if you've been up front with your, your players and saying, look, really stretch for time, feeling a little burned out at the moment. Um, I'm just going to throw you the keys to a dungeon for a couple of weeks. Let's just do a dungeon because it's nice and easy on me and and we'll get to keep playing and we'll, we'll, we'll get on to and we'll get back to that main story thread um, in the weeks that come once I've got a bit more headspace or my head is a little clearer. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with with playing Good old-fashioned dungeons or good old-fashioned encounters or a simple one-shot to just to shake it up for yourself. And I think that ties into just finding the, the things that the least fun part of being a GM, right? And then yep. you simplify that out. So if, if prep, going down to the nth degree in prep is just not fun, find resources that help you eliminate it. Like you said, pre-published adventures, um, pre-published staff box. If you don't enjoy it, then figure out a way to do less of it. Um, and then focus on the things you do enjoy. Um, that's you. I find, you know, I'm, I'm a corporate world kind of people and uh, person and people do their worst and are least motivated when they're working on things that they don't enjoy. They'll do it right. Cause it's your job. They'll get it done. But this isn't your job. This is a game. You're supposed to have fun. So just cut out the stuff that's the least fun part of it. Simplify it down, whatever that is, um, and and that that'll help infinitely. Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, another thing is when we're talking about real life is maybe you need to reschedule the game time. Maybe you need to find that for whatever reason your job changed, other circumstances changed. Um, you know, be honest about that and be like, I really need to schedule a different time because, you know, if it's your, if it's, if it's, if it's the issue where the day before you're so busy and then you're, then you're working all day, but then, you know, on a, on a Monday, you you have Sundays off, it could be much better than don't, don't be afraid to bring that up. And even if somebody can't make it, I mean, ultimately it's better that most of the players and the GM still are able to play than, you know, trying to keep it together and then just running yourself ragged. Um, so I think that's another important thing. And then one more thing I thought about going back to, to the narrative is, um, you know, like we said, maybe do a one shot. But you can even in that in that game world, like do a side quest. Um, uh, just just take it in a different direction for a bit, uh, just so you can maybe that'll give you inspiration um, uh, 
for your main kind of narrative. And and going back to that too, as far as when you talk about writer's block, and I think that's where a side quest is good, is that just start writing anything. If you find yourself not being able to write, the most important thing people talk about with writer's block is just start writing something. It can be the stupidest thing. It's just to be like, start writing down some ideas, start writing down some notes, and that will often get that, uh, the faucet go running or whatever. Um, yeah. And then also, e even besides ceiling stuff, like when we talk about story, look to other mediums and look to other things to give you inspiration. Like go and watch, you know, I, I talk about this. I've, I think I've talked about this with players, with player stuff and characters that I'll often, before I start a game, I'll often like watch, you know, like before James game, um, his pirate game that I was in, I think I watched Pirates of the Caribbean and like Master and Commander <laughs> just to like get into the headspace and like kind of make my character easier to like in my mind how I wanted to do them. So as a GM, it's the same thing. Like go go read a book in whatever kind of genre and type of uh, story that you want to do or watch a movie or watch a TV show or play a video game or whatever it is. Like you can draw inspiration, narrative inspiration from these pre-published works that can kind of jumpstart things too. The... Agreed. Couldn't agree more. Getting those, realizing what inspired you in the first place and doing all those things again. It's not a bad thing. Going back to the, yeah. filling the well up with other other inspiration is, is a great idea. The last pillar that I guess is the most tricky one for me is the player dynamic problem. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say I've cancelled games because the player dynamic was just causing me to be burned out. I was I was struggling to kind of get what I was after out of the game, there's too many into squabbling. It was too, it was causing too many issues. So it was decreasing my enjoyment, and then I lost motivation to actually prepare well. I hate to say it, I, 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 I have resurrected games by shaking up the makeup of the group. You know, I've cancelled groups yeah. only to reach out to a couple of the players that I thought were great and recruited more and restarted from there. So don't don't feel afraid. It's always the difficult thing, and we could do an entire series on the drama that is intergroup politics <laughs> and inter, intergroup mediation. Um, but don't be afraid to shake up the group if you need to um, because at the end of the day, you know, you need to be having fun, and if you're not having fun with the people you're playing with, um, there's nothing wrong with going to find people who you will have fun playing with. I guess that's, is the, that's is the short YouTube answer video. to that one. It's a YouTube video there yeah. right there. Ten, ten worst <laughs> player dynamics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've been a part of games that exact, that exact things happened, where the player group wasn't bad, there was one person, and, you know, and, and games have shifted up and then they've been better afterwards. And I think, like, uh, when we talked about players not understanding the kind of game it is, like, I've been guilty of that as a player. And I think part of it was that I didn't, maybe part of maybe part of it was that I didn't listen. I mean, I can certainly have that or not really internalize what was going on. But I think another big part was like I, the GM just didn't express it that well. And uh, maybe it wasn't just me, but I there was games that I wished the GM was like, hey, and that you should always be kind in how you approach things because most people aren't going to react well to kind of, you know, the, when you're not that way. But I, I almost wish there was times when the GM would have been like, hey, I. You know, like a lot of things about your character, your characters, or the dynamic, but there's these things that are not really quite meshing with the game, and I'm wondering if we can come up with a solution together. And, you know, that would have been a really good, oh, I'm sorry, like, I had no idea. I had no idea, like, the kind of character that I made or the kind of thing that we were doing was, was causing you stress. Like, I wish you would have told us that, you know, or instead of just canceling the game, like you said, instead of just had the game ending. And that's not going to work with other people. People are going to hear that and they're going to be weirded out and they're going to leave. But then that's probably a good thing. I mean, that probably mm. then wasn't a good fit for you. You know, it's so it's not really is in the players. It's not really the fault of the, it's not really the, 
the players aren't bad because they are necessarily playing the not the right kind of character for your game. It's more that they're not if the players that are not flexible to kind of change that or to meet you halfway. I think yes. that's where the real issue lies. So I, I think that we kind of have to get beyond that hesitancy. And again, a, a big thing here is just give yourself a break and be kind to yourself because there's nothing wrong with you. You didn't fail because you have burnout and you didn't fail because you're having problems with players. So I think it's, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing the more we communicate and to bring it up with players to see if you can resurrect, you know, from the dynamic as far as just like pressing the self-destruct button and letting it just blow up. Uh, because then you kind of, you know, all that work you put in was for not, and then maybe the next time it's harder. So, yeah. Yeah. Just to tie in a little bit of what you're saying, um, in, in the management circles, good feedback is actually a gift. Um, feed, feedback is yeah. not, not, is not being mean to somebody. It's a gift. It's a gift of helping them become better. And it's the same thing. Like you said, sometimes you want the game master to just say, Hey, I, I love what you're doing, but it's, it's not meshing a little bit. And so here's maybe some things we can do, some options to make it mesh better. And, um, you know, we can work better. A lot of people are receptive to that as long as you approach it as a positive um, and not a, I'm beating you up for being wrong. For, so for, for, yeah. for real. So, okay. Yeah. Because we're not, because I, I mean, not every player is like this, but when I'm a player, like I want the GM to have fun and I'm often sensitive to that. Like I can, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this, a small section about for players, but you know, if the GM is not having fun, then the game's going to suffer. When the GM's having fun, then it's going to be more fun for everybody. So uh, as a player, like, I want the GM to be having fun. So that's why I think, and I'm sure a lot of players are like that too. They want the GM to have fun. Um, so, you know, express to your players because you, you'll often be surprised, I think, how receptive they might be and how much they want to help you. So, so let's walk into that. Uh, it's a great point. So what are some of the things players can do to help avoid it, um, help get the spark back, whatever, um, for their game yeah. masters. Well, I think, I mean, we've talked about this in other videos. It's, it's often the inverse. It's like when you're signing up for a game, and I've been guilty for this, like, like I said, uh, really know what kind of game you're getting into and try to make a character that fits that game world. It doesn't always have to be the most straight character, you know, quote unquote, as far as like I play, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a lawful good paladin because it's a heroic game. Like you can play a game where like your game, you said for uh, Cyberpunk, my character was was definitely a rogue and definitely had his issues, but he wanted to be he wanted to be accepted so badly by other people is kind of what brought him in and made him do those things with everybody else. So you can come up with creative ways to do that, but you know, join in join in what the GM wants to do. Um, and another way is like if you see James GMs being burned out, and I've seen this happen. I've seen GMs having burnout, and I can often tell. I think the big thing there is to bring it up with them. Maybe a private message is to be like, hey, I see that you're, I, I, I don't know if it's correct, but I'm kind of getting the sense that you're having trouble with the game. Like, is there anything I can do with help? And honestly, even just saying that might make a huge difference to them. To know that somebody is noticing that they're going through something, a, a hard time, and then, uh, you know, putting a hand out to like, uh, to, to help them. Even just that act is enough to like, make them feel more appreciated, like we talked about. And then they'll be open to like, hey, you know what, I'm right. And then they might bring it to the whole group. So I think if you see it, like, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, yeah. Guys. And positive feedback. You know, if you're seeing a, yeah. seeing a GM struggling, go, hey, I love that session. That was really fun. You're really good at this. You know, just kind of giving, a, giving some positive feedback is always great, um, you know, to try and boost the spirits in some ways. Um, 
you can always offer to run a one-shot as well if your yeah. GM's burned out. You could always join the dark side and have a go. Um, you know, I'd be certainly appreciative if my group said, hey, have a week off. I'll, I'll run this dungeon. That would be helpful. Um, yes, but lean in. We always say it, don't we? Lean into the story. Make make their life enjoyable and, and GM's will love you. Uh, absolutely. Um, a lot of the advice that makes for a good game is also will make the game master have a better time and not burn out. So, um, all those all those standard things come into play. I think. Um, and the one final thing I'll say, if, if it's you know, like we you talked about borrowing resources, like you know, maybe offer to buy them like that Foundry VTT module that makes things easier or whatever, or get them a map pack or something like that. Like you know, I mean, it doesn't always to be monetary if you can't afford it. Then, but if you can, it might be good to like offer some assistance that way. I mean, I know I've done that for GMs. I've offered to like pay for a premium subscription for a couple of months or uh, giving them some type of, you know, some type of pack because then that makes them easier, right, to do it. So we all benefit from from those kind of resources. So, yeah. Or send, or send your GM a, a book of cocktail recipes so they can oh, yeah. drown their sorrows. Thank you, <laughs> Eric. You it was very yeah. much appreciated. <laughs> well, I think um, that was a, a great job covering that topic. I, you know, I feel better. Now I, I feel more appreciative. I feel my wells a little deeper just just by having talked about it. It's you know it's cathartic to talk about it, right? Yeah, so, it's cathartic. Yeah. Um, so hey, thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you got something out of it. Remember to drop by masteringthertpg.com to learn about us, our projects, and to contact us and support us. We'd love support. Um, please email game master at masteringthertpg.com if you have questions, need advice. Um, comments, feedback, what have you. Uh, Eric would love to adjudicate a differences of opinion. I say that every time, it's but fine, no one's asked funny. yet. Come on, you can ask. Um, and you can also catch us on Twitter at, um, at MasteringTheRPG, all one word. And uh, we would love positive reviews at uh, Podcatcher, Source, whatever your choice. And uh, that would always be helpful. And uh, tell your friends, um, tell your loved ones, Tell your players, tell your burned out GM, tell everybody to, <laughs> to uh, watch the sh- or listen to the show. So anyway, once again, this is Carl with Erickson James saying, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys. Happy gaming. <laughs>